Hi, guys. Welcome back to the OG of the HRC Way news. They ain't telling you. Okay, so let's start out first and foremost with just some quick news stories. Yesterday was a very big day, Inauguration Day. But let's first and foremost start out with Democrats are going to make Senator Leahy um, the pro temporer. So basically, he'll be in charge if Vice President Harris is not there. So that is a very big deal. Now, there's a lot of confusion about what's going on with the Senate. Um, today, they are in a standoff, McConnell and Schumer. And most people are saying, we have control because we have Vice President Harris. And voting-wise, that's true. However, because we are a 50-50 split, they have 50 seats, we have 50 seats, we are going to give half of the committee seats to Republicans and half of the committee seats we will be keeping. I said I mentioned that the other day. Now, the big standoff now on why these committee seats has, haven't been uh, sort of uh, figured out, one could say, is because McConnell is asking that getting rid of the filibuster rule, which is a very hot topic in the Democratic Party, um, he wants that off the table for at least two years. And Schumer is saying, no way, we're not going to give in to that. You wouldn't have done that if you were in charge. Well, there is a standoff in place. A lot of senators have started to voice their opinions via Twitter and let it known that they want Schumer to stand his ground. But good luck with that. Um, so technically, Schumer is the majority leader, but because of Vice President Kamala Harris, but... 50-50 seats. It's confusing, and yes, I agree, if McConnell was still in charge, there would be no standoff. He would just do what he wanted, and we don't go about it with our lives, but you know, I'm glad to see that some of you guys are getting on board with Senator Kolbachar being the majority leader, but I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so, and I have receipts. You guys can go back and watch prior videos. I have been telling you guys the truth about Chuck Schumer for quite some time, so that is where that is. In other news, uh, President Biden signed 17 executive orders his very first day. Um, switching to inauguration news, um, Kolbachar, Senator Kolbachar, I believe, did an amazing job as the co-chair. I just want to put that out there. Again, I have been Team Kolbachar for a while, and yes, I believe she should be our Senate Majority Leader. Um, all of the women looked fabulous in these bright jewel tones. It was like the women all had a, a group text and they all decided to wear these gorgeous jewel tones. A lot of purples, a lot of different versions of uh, purple. Hillary Clinton wore her unity purple again, Ralph Lauren, um, as did Madam Vice President Harris. Some people were saying it was royal blue. Some people say it was purple. It was purple when you look at it in the daylight. It's purple. It's purple. It's purple. Um... So, uh, as everyone knows, or I think everyone knows, Trump left a letter for Biden um, in his desk, which is a very common thing that most going out presidents do for the new president. It was like the one tradition he decided to keep. He didn't go to inauguration. He didn't have him over to the White House, but he left a letter. So, apparently, Biden, all he's saying is, uh, President Biden is saying that it was a very genuine, genuine, genuine and generous letter. Whatever the heck that means. Um, other big news is the U.S. Surgeon General, Jerome Adams. He is stepping down. Biden gave him an option. Either you step down and resign or I will fire you. So he decided to step down. No big excitement there. Um, 
President Biden's very first member of cabinet, Avril Haines, the, the new director of National Intel, has been confirmed. She is the first woman to be the director of National Intel. So that is exciting. That's what they tend to do um, with the cabinet confirmations in the Senate is they confirm all of the national security type people first because those are super important. Um, so we had a little bit of a, a, a bump yesterday. Uh Portland saw 200-plus protesters demanding change. It was of the extreme left. Eight people were arrested for vandalizing the Democratic National Building in Portland. So that is a big deal. I think we have to keep an eye on them as much as we keep an eye on the extreme right. Um, so this is funny. I thought this was a joke at first. Um, President Biden has removed the Diet Coke button that was in the Oval Office for Trump. I thought it was a joke, and then I remember back watching an interview and realized, no, he really had a button that every time he pushed the button, a Diet Coke would magically appear from outside <laughs> in the glass with ice. So that button is gone. So long, Diet Coke button. Um, another news, Biden has uh, President Biden has announced today that he wants 100 vaccines in 100 days. That's a, I, I pray to God that that happens. If you guys saw my last video, we're not doing so well in distributing these vaccines. So that is exciting. And um, we officially, just so everyone knows, POTUS, FLOTUS, VP have all officially switched over to the Biden administration. So you guys can start following them again. Um, I know that myself, I stopped following all of them quite some time ago. So, and at the White House on Twitter, you guys can follow. It is good to go. So we shall see what happens. Um, Biden got a lot accomplished yesterday and a lot more accomplished today. We'll go over in great detail some of the other things, but just to put it into, I said the other day that I believe that uh, President Biden was going to cancel the Keystone Pipeline, which he has. He's canceled the Arctic drill contract, which is amazing. Um, making someone like Jane Fonda, who used to get arrested on the daily at the cap or every Friday at the Capitol, very happy this morning. Um, he also some of the other really quick things is the border wall. The construction has halted. Um, he ended the Muslim travel ban. He rejoined the Pro Paris Climate Agreement. Just so everyone knows, because Ted Cruz tweeted about this, thinking that Paris was benefiting in some way. <laughs> The Paris Climate Agreement is called the Paris Climate Agreement because they signed it. All the countries signed it in Paris. So it has nothing to do with jobs or anything else, Ted Cruz. I'm looking at you. Um, yeah, the Keystone Pipeline has been canceled. Um, you can now count non-citizens in the U.S. Census again, which is great. Uh, Trump had wanted to eliminate non-citizens. Um, we rejoined the World Health Organization. Dr. Fauci will join a board to deliver remarks, which he did today. Um, he's also, I'm going to get into this other stuff later. Um, oh, he's ch he's making massive changes to ICE. He has, uh, what is it? I can't read that. Sorry, guys. Um, he has, and he froze any last minute Trump administration regulatory actions. And then he has, he formulated an executive branch ethics doctrine. And yesterday I watched when he swore in his new staff, um, his aides, his staff, senior staff, all that. And he basically was like, no funny business. And if I catch you being disrespectful to one another, you're fired on the spot. So 
Big difference here. Um, I don't know about you guys, but last night was probably the first night in four and a half, five years that I slept like a baby. So hopefully you guys did too. But let's get into a couple more news stories, shall we? All right. So one of the big things that he is, uh, President Biden is making known is that he wants to defend DACA, which um, DACA has been a very controversial sort of situation. Um, DACA launched officially in 2012 under then President Obama. It stands for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, basically what it is, is this amazing program that actually works, um, in our government where if you were, if you're 16 or older, you can apply every two years for basically like work permits, which basically makes, makes you a temporary citizen of the United States. So you can work, you can save money, you can help your family, you can go to school without worry, being worried that you're going to get deported. It only applies to kids 16 and older. Um, it, like I said, it gives you a work permit. Every two years, you have to reapply for it. Um, a lot of these kids go on to college, go on, because once you turn 18, you really become even more so worried about getting deported. So um, President Obama signed it. Now, uh, you can't have any issues with the law. You can't get arrested. You can't, no felonies, no nothing, none of that whatsoever. They want clean-cut kids. Current, um, so the big issue with Obamacare is that it was signed as an executive order because Congress couldn't come together and work out a deal, so we signed it as an executive order. So what's really tragic about that is because it was signed by an executive order, it's been taken to court after court after court, ended up in the Supreme Court. Um, the Supreme Court didn't fully eliminate the program, but they said basically Congress fix this or else we'll have to eliminate it. Um, the sad thing is, is the program actually works. We're seeing lower poverty rates for these kids, an increase in their mental health, and an increase in graduation rate, whether it's high school or college. So by the time that they finish college, what they do is they can apply to become a citizen. So in a lot of ways, it's sort of like they get to jump in line. But they were children when they were brought here. So it's not like they're grown adults jumping in line. They're people who have been productive citizens for our country for all of these years under the DACA program. And then they can become a citizen. And the program works. We've seen great, great results from this program. Um, so Trump halted the program in 2017. That's how it ended up in the Supreme Court. Supreme Court kind of sent it back to Congress and said, do your job. So now here we are, and hopefully Congress will do its job. So currently there are 640,000 plus kids that are DACA recipients. 39,000 currently are pending renewal. Since Trump had canceled the program, they're kind of just sitting there anxiously waiting. Um, he... President Biden yesterday had signed to defend Dreamers program, defend the Dreamers program. He's limited on what he can actually do until it goes through Congress. So it's Congress's job to make DACA a law, get it passed and get it on the president's desk so he can then sign it into law and all of these kids can continue on with this program that genuinely works. So at the end of the day, this comes down to Congress. I think it's great that President Biden is making it a priority, um, especially since there's not a lot of government programs that run this smoothly. Um, the statistics are through the roof that it's just it's a success. 
So now that we've had control of the Senate and the House, we need to do something with it. And I believe that DACA could be something that we could even get someone like Senator Manchin of West Virginia on board with. So I say DACA should be a priority because there's a lot of kids who are anxiously waiting to see what's going to happen. Because if this program goes through and Congress doesn't react again, it will lose in the Supreme Court. And all of those kids will be terrified that they're going to be deported back when they've spent most of their life here. They just happen to be born in a different country. So it's uh, hopefully we see this going through i know that speaker madam speaker pelosi she's a she's been a big part of daca since day one so i think we'll see a push from her we have a lot on our plate with covid and the economy but i hope to see then the next six months that this really becomes true law and we don't have to worry about this any longer so keep an eye out for that all right so story number two is about the latest from president biden about the mask movement where he wants to 100 days, everyone wear a mask to try to get some of these numbers down. Um, he did sign a executive order saying that all federal buildings, all federal lands, you must wear a mask. Apparently, a couple minutes ago, he just added planes, trains, and automobiles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, planes, trains, and buses. Uh, you must wear a mask. So we currently have 24 million cases of COVID in America. Um, we have over 400,000 deaths. President Biden said today it'll probably be 500, half a million um, by next month's end, which is a whole lot of Americans. Um, so all, over 11 million vaccines have gone out. I kind of broke down the other day for you guys that the vaccine plan, there is no plan. Now we know it can confirm there is absolutely no plan that Trump left. However, um, the state's have sort of fumbled that as well. So hopefully he gets a plan. He also announced today that he wants to do 100 million people vaccinated um, in, what did I say? 100 million people, excuse me. He just added this. So 100 million vaccines in 100 days. That's his goal. Um, so hopefully we can stick to that goal because that would help out immensely, especially if these new strains of COVID um, are as terrifying as we're hearing. So that being said, he is asking everyone to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask on federal property. But this breaks down to states' rights versus federal rights. So he can have the mandate for federal property. He oversees federal property. It's federal property. He's the president of the United States. But when it comes to states, states by states still will make their own decisions on mask mandates. He can ask. He can say, hey, please. Um, when it comes to planes and buses and <laughs> that sort of ordeal, as great as that sounds, um, they're pri so when it comes to airplanes, they're private companies. So, I mean, I think maybe because they have federal regulations, so maybe he can do it that way. But buses, those are state and city-ran buses. So I don't know how he's going to get people to go along with that. That's going to be interesting. Um, so he has a plan, unlike what we've seen in the last year. Um, there is a plan in place, like I said, 100 million vaccines in the next 100 days, which I think is a pretty reasonable number. I don't think that that's too crazy. And I think that if he does bring FEMA in um, to set up these states that are struggling, we can do that. Um, but overall, I just wanted to make sure I was making it clear 
that this 100-day mask mandate or movement, it can't be a mandate. It cannot be a mandate. I know everyone wishes that it could, but because of states' rights, it can't. So probably states like Florida, Texas, you know, Alabama, they're going to continue without mask. So pretty much the blue states will continue with mask and the red states won't continue with mask. And if you live in a blue state like I do, you'll know that only certain types of areas of the blue states are going to wear mask. Um, if you go down to Orange County, they're not really wearing mask. If you stay here in Los Angeles, most people, I will say, are wearing mask here. So I know that mask is an important tool that we have. Um, but so it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out because those Republicans love their state rights. And most of the Supreme Court loves states' rights. Usually your conservative states' rights kind of go hand in hand. So um, Amy Coney Barrett is a big fan of Scalia's, and Scalia was the ultimate states' rights guy, and she has said she is basing her her decisions um, on things she learned from Scalia. So if this came up in a Supreme Court decision, I think that President Biden would lose. So we shall see, but at least he has a plan and at least we're moving in the right direction. So we'll just keep pushing these vaccines. And hopefully we do get 100 million vaccines in 100 days. But um, I just thought it was important to let you guys know that, yes, it's exciting that he is doing a mask movement. But to each its own with every state. That's just sort of how our constitution works. So we shall keep an eye. Okay, so do you guys remember um, right before President Obama left that he had a big push to get Harriet Tubman to be on our $20 bill and that was going to take place when we had a woman president and we were all going to have this moment. It was going to be the 100-day, 100-year suffragette movement, women's right, to move, women's right to vote, excuse me. We had a woman president and we were going to have Harriet Tubman on our $20 bill and it was going to be great. And then Trump stopped it all the whole shebang. So um, he kept Jackson on and which he that's one of his favorite presidents and, and whatever. And the Republicans were having a fit, blah, blah, blah. Now, most people think that women have only been on, American women have only been on coins. So we had Susan B. Anthony, Sacagawea and Helen Keller. And I did a little bit of research because I was wondering, like early on in our country, did we ever have any women? I mean, I thought there's no way we had any women at that time. Women weren't even allowed to vote. The word woman is not even in the Constitution. So why would woman? But I was wrong because Pocahontas was on the back of the $20 bill from 1865 to 1869 and then back on the $20 bill in 1875. And then Martha Washington was on the front of the silver dollar bill, which is different than what we have today, obviously, from 1869 to 1891. So I just think to myself that how can women be on these money currency all those years ago when women, like I said, didn't have a right to vote? didn't have a right to own property, were considered property themselves, were told who they had to marry, uh, <laughs> you know, all of that, but yet they were on currency. So that is very interesting, and that is a good little tidbit to know, I suppose. Um, so originally when they announced that they were going to put Harriet Tubman or they were thinking about putting a woman on one of the bills, a lot of people wanted her to be on the $10 bill. But, of course, Hamilton fans squash that because Alexander Hamilton, the man who created the United States Treasury, 
and the Broadway play um, is on the $10 bill. So they were like, no way, no way, no how. But what I find to be interesting about that aspect is um, (laughs) a lot of people I'm probably going to get People are going to probably come at me for what I'm about to say because I know some of you love your Hamilton and uh, yeah, but I just want to say this because these are facts and I think that these are really important. I know that he's very important to our country because he helped shape our country and he created the first U.S. Treasury. I get that. But I just want to let everyone know that Hamilton did not believe that you should be able to vote unless you own property. And that's a really interesting factor to know, considering that he came from nothing and all of that. He didn't think that you should be able to vote, that you shouldn't have a right to vote unless you own property. And back in those days, like you had to have money and be of of class in order to vote in his mind. He also was a big believer in one federal government and no state laws. And I know that a lot of people think that that's, that's sort of an easier way, but um, I think that it's pretty great that we have some state laws that separate the federal government. It, it puts not as much pressure on our federal government, and state legislators can pass things, and people can be more involved or should be more involved in their local and state politics rather than Washington, D.C., overlooking everything. But Hamilton believed in a one federal government. Alexander Hamilton actually created the Electoral College. The entire idea sprung from from Hamilton. Now, I know that everyone loves the Broadway play, the musical Hamilton, and I know the music and the rapping and all of that. I, I, I get it. I mean, I don't personally get it, but I get it. Like, enough people are bananas about it. But there's a real-life version of Hamilton that differs from the Broadway version. In the Broadway version, he's this hero of the regular man or woman. And in the real life version, he was saying, I don't want you to vote unless you have property. There should only be federal government, not state government. And here's the electoral college that we all later in life are going to hate. So I just think that that's very important for everyone to know because he is on the $10 bill and I believe that he'll continue to be on the $10 bill because I know he, once again, he created the U.S. Treasury system. I get that. I get the importance of that. I just thought those are some tidbits that people should know about Alexander Hamilton that just don't seem to be talked about as much. So I hope overall, one way or the other, that Harriet Tubman ends up on the $20 bill, the $10 bill, whatever it may be. Because I think that it's time and I think it's much overdue. The fact that we haven't had a woman on a bill since 1891 is pretty pathetic. So let's let's remind President Biden that we were promised Harriet Tubman by President Obama. So he should remember because he was the vice president at the time. So yeah, guys, look out for those new, hopefully shiny, crispy $20 bills coming our way with Harriet Tubman very soon. Right, so I thought it would be fun to switch up five Flotus facts just to show you guys how much I really do know about first ladies. Most first ladies. Um, so what I've done is we have five first ladies here in this hat. Haven't seen it, don't know idea. And I'm gonna pick one and off the top of my head, no notes, no pre-season, nothing. I'm going to tell you five Flotus facts, or I hope. So let's see here. 
Close my eyes. Okay. Here we go. I picked... Oh my god, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> what did I tell you, Sam? I said I was going to get the one first lady that I did not want. I got Nancy Reagan, okay? I just randomly wrote down a bunch of names, and I got Nancy Reagan. Oh my gosh. Okay, I guess I have to give you guys five Flotus facts about Nancy Reagan. Uh, my cat keeps looking at me because her name is Fancy Nancy. But anyways... Nancy Reagan, obviously the wife of Ronald Reagan. That doesn't count as a fact, but the wife of Ronald Reagan. Um, interesting facts about Nancy Reagan. Ugh, this is like pulling teeth. Okay. Well, facts number one is her maiden name is Nancy Davis, and she used to be an actress, and that's how she met Ronald Reagan in Hollywood. She was never like a big star, but I guess she did some movies. Um, enough to be around Ronald Reagan, I suppose. He wasn't ever a really big star either. But um, funny fact about that is that, uh, yeah, her name is Nancy Davis. Now goes, or she's not alive anymore, but Nancy Reagan. Um, fact number two. Uh, this is an interesting fact that most people don't know, and I only know this because I saw a documentary recently about the Reagans. Um, she was prego on her wedding day with Ronald Reagan, which rumor is, is that's kind of why he married her. Um, so he, she was pregnant with their son, Ronnie, Ron Jr., Ronald Reagan Jr. Um, so it was what you would call a shotgun wedding. But, you know, later in life, it, it became clear that they, they were the type of people to me that they loved each other more than they loved their children. And they were infatuated with each other, and um, she was deeply infatuated with him, that's for sure. Um, let's see what else I can tell you. Um, she used to wear designer clothes, Versace and Gucci and, you know, Armani, in the time when she was in the White House. And normally that's fine and dandy, but she's wearing all these fancy gowns, and the country was going through economic distress. And the only way, reason that she stopped doing it was because enough people had called in and said, you know, this is kind of wrong that she's wearing these fancy gowns. And she also had like a thousand dollar a plate because every first lady picks out a, a china pattern for the White House. And her china pattern was Versace and in the middle of an economic crisis. And it was like a thousand dollars a plate. Now that we as taxpayers pay for. So um, those are interesting, fun factoids. Her big like thing that her first lady thing was um, just say no to drugs. Uh, so yeah, I know some of you guys had when if you're the same age as me, you had like the dare t-shirts back in the day that all started with Nancy Reagan. Just say no. If you just say no, then all of your world's problems will go away and you won't become an addict. Just say no. Um, so that's number four, right? I need one more. Good God. Good God. I have to have one more fact about Nancy Reagan. Oh, she used to get an astrologer. Um, so Ronald Reagan, someone tried to assassinate President Reagan in his first term. And she got so freaked out because of her precious Warani, which is what she called them. They used to write love letters to each other. Blech. But um, she was very, like, controlling. And, you know, but once he was, they were trying to assassinate him, she was like, oh, no. 
And she used to get an astrologer to tell her exactly time she should have meetings, exactly times he should leave for flights. Exact. So if you like look at his like schedule, like it says 1230 takeoff, it would be scratched out and it would say 1237. And exactly at 1237, he would have to leave for Mexico or wherever he was supposed to be going. I mean, we're talking about even like big meetings with foreign leaders. It would be like 237, you know, 244, all because of the astrologer. And um, she, for years and years, she used this astrologer. So um, people always find interest in that, that she used an astrologer. But it was more to me about like control. She was very much about control and control. I mean, the, the White House staff absolutely hated Nancy Reagan because she was so hands-on into everything in his whole political career. So um, is there one nice thing I can say about Nancy Reagan? Because I feel bad and I feel like I should at least say one thing. Um, I, I, I actually, I, I mean, I don't think I can <laughs> because at the end of the day, she was first lady when the AIDS epidemic broke through and she had a lot of gay men doing her hair and her makeup and giving her designer clothes and she ignored the entire problem until one day years into the administration and thousands of, of men and women were dying of AIDS and finally, Elizabeth Taylor was having lunch with Nancy Reagan because they knew each other from Hollywood days. And she said, Elizabeth Taylor, being so smart, as always, said to her, if you don't do something, this will ruin your husband's legacy. And it was that reason and that reason only that she, they, Ronald Reagan gave one speech for his entire presidential career about AIDS. One speech. And Elizabeth Taylor was there at that speech. And it was Elizabeth Taylor who got all the funding and got all, it wasn't the Reagans whatsoever. Nothing really was done in terms of funding for AIDS until the Clintons came along. H.W. Um, Bush did a little bit, but yeah. So for Nancy Reagan to not lift a finger when her friends were dying who were doing her makeup, doing her hair and all of that. And the only reason that she says anything is to protect Precious Ronnie's legacy is why I have a very, very, very hard time you know, saying anything kind or decent about the woman, but she has passed away. So, you know, but so be it. So there's five facts about Nancy Davis Reagan. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so we are two days in to a Biden administration and um, want to make clear, I'm not the biggest Biden fan in the world. It's not like I don't like the guy. I just, um, it's still so strange to me that we have President Biden. I didn't think I'd ever see that in my day, but here we are. And um, what's interesting is when the inauguration hit, I, that morning, I, I was sort of mixed feelings. Um, you know, anytime I see Hillary and that's Hillary Clinton in that environment, I always get sort of mixed feelings about what could have been or, you know, how is she going to look or whatever it is. Um, and I sort of realized as I was watching the inauguration and it was lightly snowing and then all of a sudden the sun came out and just, it was just amazing and a perfect day. I realized as I got very emotional for Madam Vice President Harris being sworn in by Sonia Sotomayor and the moment sort of hit me and overwhelmed me. And I realized that, yes, I was over the moon that we finally have a woman vice president and that I've seen this in my lifetime. And I've seen so much growth 
for the woman's movement in my lifetime. I really have. I feel like I've, I've been so blessed to witness so much great change for women in our country, and we still have a ways to go, but that in itself was just a moment, that's for sure. But I also realized as President Biden was getting sworn in a bit later that the reason that I was feeling this sort of lightness and the reason that I was feeling like, okay, I can breathe, was because we were getting humanity back. We were getting dignity back. We were getting full sentences back. We were getting real speeches back. You know, President Biden is not the best guy at speeches, but I'll tell you what, it's a heck of a lot better than what we've had for the last four years, which is a guy looking at a speech and going, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just going to talk about myself and my narcissism and Diet Coke or whatever it is he wants to talk about, how he's the greatest. But I realized in that moment that humanity is back. And that is why I I posted this picture on TikTok and it's literally just my hand. And if you guys aren't following me, us on TikTok, OG of the HRC, OG of the HRC, make sure you guys follow us. But a picture that, that some local news reporter took of the skies opening up and literally it looks like almost like a hand coming down, an arm coming down and sort of touching the Capitol right when the national prayer had start started and then, you know, uh, Biden, uh, President Biden was sworn in. And I realized the reason that video has gone like semi-viral, thank you guys, is just because we all feel like, okay, like we're, you know, we may not agree on everything. We may not, but at least it's back to the day-to-day grudge of politics as usual. And I don't mean the nastiness of politics or that. I I simply mean just the, okay, we have a reasonable man who's reasonable, who won't just stop talking to the Speaker of the House because he doesn't like her anymore and he's upset with her, who won't flip-flop on his stances on things, who won't just pick a justice and eight days later go, here you go, we're ready to go. You know, those days are over and we survived it. And I don't know what we would have looked like if we would have had to go through eight years of that. I'm not necessarily talking about policy either. I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the actual things that Trump did. I'm talking about the effect of him and the tornado that is him. We all were exhausted by it. The media was obsessed with it and were madly in love with it. And so they had this in this Trump tornado and we couldn't get off. No matter where we turned, it was there. No matter what happened, it was there at all times. So to now just see a president sitting in the Oval Office surrounded by regular non-glamour shots of his family with Cesar Chavez and FDR and Benjamin Franklin around him and we see the Clinton curtains and we see the Clinton rugs and we just feel this familiar sense of like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be like. It makes us believe in our country again, but it also makes us believe like, okay, we're going to be okay. But at the same time, we have to work really, really hard to make sure that never happens again. That we don't let Tornado Trump or anyone like him anywhere near the Oval Office ever again. Because it's exhausting. It's just utterly, I did not realize until that moment how exhausted I was. 
I just kept thinking I was exhausted because I was devastated because Hillary had lost and that makes sense for me. But I realized that no, like, yes, I was exhausted and I'll always be, you know, heartbroken that she'll not be president. However, I realized it's just that tornado effect that, oh my God, what is he going to say today effect? Oh my God, what is he going to do for attention today? Now I wake up and I'm thinking, like, when are we going to see Major and Champ? Like, can we see them, please? Like, have they acclimated back to the White House? <laughs> like, you know, are we good there? Or, or what, what's, what's President Biden going to sign today? What, what is Jen, the press secretary, what is she going to answer today? Like, she did a press, confer- press, uh, press conference yesterday, and I thought, this is like an episode of The West Wing. This is like the press asking the press secretary a question and them having a little bit of a thing and then we all just go about our lives. They're ans- she's answering questions. We had Dr. Fauci back today. I-, I just think we all can breathe. We all can breathe for a-, a moment. Just breathe and take it all in and then get ready to work because this isn't just magically. It didn't happen overnight and it's not going to go away overnight. So we have a lot of upset people in this country still to this day, 73 million for sure. So it's going to take time. But for right now, in this moment, at this time, just breathe and know that we're going to be okay. Okay, guys, until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and now on TikTok, which I'm obsessed with. So make sure and check that out. All right, guys, until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.